Family meeting after. Welcome to Family Meeting, a Peaky Blinders podcast. I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm Amy Schneider. Here we are. That's right. Once again. <laughs> Indeed we are. Recording a Peaky Blinders podcast. That's right. I don't know when this is going up, but I hope all the cousins had a happy holiday season. Indeedy, Rue. Thank God 2017's over, though. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I've had it. Oh, for it. sure. Like, I, maybe this is just aging. <laughs> but just every year, I'm like, this year was such bullshit. Man, what a bullshit year. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, last year everybody was like, oh, so many people died this year. And I was like, people die every year. But then this year I was like, boy, it really does seem like it, it was It really more does last seem year. like way more people died last year. Yeah. And I think maybe they were just clustered towards the end of the year. I don't know. They but were still. clustered towards the end of the year. And I think they were more like important people. Yeah. You I know? Mean, you know, I mean, David Bowie. And some girls are more important than others. <laughs> this is true. The Smiths didn't say that. But. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and I just hope that you had a good time, whether you were spending it with family or whether, like me, you were spending it lying on your couch. You lucky goddamn bitch. Playing, playing uh, the new Mario game and watching American Vandal. What's a Nintendo Switch? It is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It is It is the latest Nintendo and what, it, what is its it feel is. Is it for your TV is, or is it handheld? It is both. Oh. That is how it switches. Yes. You have just blown my damn mind. Yeah. And I've actually only played it in handheld mode because to play it on the TV, you have to plug in its power cord. And the power cord situation around my TV is such a mess that I can't even imagine trying to figure I out. I know. I set it up. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't thrilled with it either. Um, yeah. But I, I recommend both of those. And for all of our cousins who are considering, who you know, they're like, well, I love the podcast Up Yours Downstairs, but I'm not sure whether I want the new Mario game. <laughs> Well, let me tell you that one of the levels is called the Luncheon Kingdom. Do you think that their game writers <laughs> are fans? All right, I'm cousins. Did you write the new Mario game for the Nintendo Switch? If so, we want to hear your story. And also, I would like a free Nintendo Switch. <laughs> sure. We are not in any way supported by or affiliated with Nintendo Switch. Yeah. I just, like, for however long that the Nintendo Switch has existed, I have had no clue what the fuck it is. <laughs> so... Now I know, and now yeah. I want one. Yeah. Even though it would be, I don't know, it's like such a waste for me, because I so rarely play video games. No, I mean... <gasps> Is there a Rayman for it, though? Because if there's a Rayman for it, I'll probably buy it. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I know I, that there's I know that there's a Mario Kart for it, which is the other one I plan to get. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, because I, mean, I debated it, too, because I wanted to play the new Mario game, but then I knew that once I got tired of that, I probably wouldn't really play it much anymore. Yeah. But then I was like, uh, you know... I've got a job. Yeah. I can, I can waste a little money sometimes. Yeah. I can't. I don't. Well, I kind of have a job. <laughs> yeah. Like, right? <laughs> yeah. I have a job that doesn't come with these qualifying. Right? No. And <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping that I have one that's. A, right, right. You know, like you show up and you do this and you get a paycheck. That's. Yeah. That's my only requirement. That's a nice situation. That's it, not even true. Right. I'm such a snob now, job wise. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean. <laughs> Very few people on Peaky Blinders have such a job. Well, let's get into this, shall we? Because we've had a lot of fun talking about the Nintendo Switch and my <laughs> unemployment. So this is episode three, mm -hmm. which was called Blackbird. Yes? Yeah, yeah. Yes, because I recapped this one. Right. Okay. I'm going to lead off by saying I disliked this episode maybe the most that I've ever disliked any episode of Peaky Blinders. Okay. I probably am having selective grace syndrome. <laughs> That's I mean, well, and I just I literally just yesterday, like when I got done recapping this one and started watching the next one that mm -hmm. we're going to record, I was texting a friend of mine and I was like, "You got to watch Peaky Blinders," and so he's texting me back like right. all of the things he he got the boogie rock like the, <laughs> the first thing that he texted me was like. These subtitles are weird. What's up with this boogie rock? Yeah. And then like in one episode, you know, he was like, wait a minute. Now they're not telling. Uh, no, I was telling him like in right. se by season three, they don't even tell you. And he's like, what are we going to do? <laughs> we don't know the tempo of the boogie rock. Right. <laughs> Look, it's been a challenge. I'm it not going to lie to no, you. I know. I've tried to notate it as best as I can, but yeah. I'm not an expert on boogie rock. <laughs> not like Steve Knight. Steve Knight. Yeah. I like him. <laughs> Even though I didn't like this episode. Anyway, yeah, okay. So, yeah. So, I will get into that more. But we have Interior Factory, which is only moderately on fire. Okay. And there's some piano music playing as Arthur and Killian approach a disorderly mob. And 
Arthur sends a foreman over to Killian. And yeah. then, oh, great, Arthur, they're scabs. They are scabs. Arthur also, by the way, does a little Tokyo before uh, Oh, I missed that. Yeah, it's, it's quick, but yeah. Ah, uh, that explains why he's such old Arthur in this episode. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even mind him being old Arthur oh, in no, this episode. Oh, no, but yeah, it is but, like, noticeable. I, this, you know, these are the, the perils of recapping. Yeah. You missed the Tokyo. That's right. <laughs> and now, okay, finally, here's more fire. <laughs> yeah. Because some union agitators have gotten in, and they're chucking around on Molotov cocktails like it's 1917 <laughs> and then Arthur clearly apparently fueled by Tokyo right. beats the shit out of him and of course Killian you really gotta watch it with Arthur because <laughs> he can go over the line so quickly yes indeed and Killian caps the scabs and gives the foreman cash to pay them and he's like uh what about security and then Arthur goes you and your staff are now under the protection of the pinky fucking blinders <laughs> title card but yeah no red right hand i know i i am not convinced that's not why i hated this episode <laughs> i mean it didn't help where's my blonk 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 <laughs> At any rate, yeah. guess what? Guess what I retained and remembered? What? The actor who plays Arthur is named Paul Anderson. All right. Indeed. I see it every time. Yeah. And I'm like, like P.T. Anderson, but not. Right. And and so... Which one's Ned Dennehy? Uh, great question. Okay. Because I see his name come up and I'm like, are you related to Brian Dennehy? <laughs> Who the fuck are you? <laughs> I'm Brian Dennehy. <laughs> character actors <laughs> who cares what we look like or eat or something sure look sorry pat oswald it seems like your life's going better um <laughs> uh so michael's in the hospital and a nurse sends is like somebody's here for him is like send him in it's like oh no it's your mother and he's like uh fine but then guess what it's his adoptive mother i have a new roommate and I didn't realize this about myself, but mm. I gasp a lot. And I'm alone, okay? Yeah. Like, yeah. nobody's here. I'm not performing for anyone. Right. I was genuinely flabbergasted by this. Yeah. And I, I did appreciate this because we were just talking about, hey, like, remember when he lived in the suburbs and he, he wasn't a murderer and stuff? And, yeah. And, you know, oh, Michael's adoptive mom remembers. <laughs> Yep. So yeah, she has brought a sack of apples from their orchard and says that, uh, you know, he used to love those apples. I was not expecting this. I immediately feel like she's a plant from the mob. I <laughs> yeah. just, I, I have like post-traumatic mob syndrome now. Right. And I'm like, ah, are you in the mob? Are you in the mob? <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, you know, your brother misses you and I miss you and uh, your dad's uh, dead. And I just was, I was like, how do you... How did you not have any communication with these people? Yeah. Because you see it and it's weirdly like these scenes with other people where I feel like you get to see the full range of because yeah. I feel like he plays Michael so one note. Yeah. Yeah. But you see all of these different shades in this moment. Yeah. And because you definitely yeah, see him like remembering like oh they're and he's, and he's happy stuff. and I'm like you haven't made a happy face. Yeah. In a long time, like yeah. since pre-getting no, that girl knocked up. I know, and the mom's like, no, "I know the village is, you know, boring." And yeah, oh, oh, yeah. And I'm like, honestly, dude, you should maybe go. Yeah. Like, get out of here. Well, yeah, because what I think it's when she says that his dad has died, but at some point he says the word "fuck," and the adoptive mom is like, "Oh, it's like, yeah," <laughs> and I'm like. That is that is the least of your problems, lady. Yeah. I'm like, do you have any idea what you're dealing with? Yeah. Anyway, well, she Mike, does have some idea, actually. Yeah. We just find out. Right. Well, and I love when she's like, here's the apples. And what he says is, oh, I hope there aren't any worms in them. And I'm like, what he meant to say was, well, now I love Tokyo. <laughs> Not the city. The drug. <laughs> right. Yeah. But he says that Tommy's going to be coming by any minute. And so she's like, yeah, well, I will not be in the same room with that man. I love Tommy, but good call, lady. Yeah, like he's got is... a he's got a price on his head. Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't even be in there. Right, you get caught in the crossfire. Mm -hmm. Like they said, no civilians. But come on, <laughs> Polly and Ada are getting ready to leave. Presumably, Polly's place. Mm -hmm. And Polly asks, like apropos of nothing, yes. Ada, how long has it been since you had a fuck? <laughs> 
And I just, I love how sexual Polly still is. Right. Yeah. Because she's got to be in her 50s or maybe late 40s. Yeah. Probably late 40s. She probably had her kids really young. Well, that's true. I don't know. It's impossible to tell because Helen McCrory looks so great. Yes. But she does not actually care how long Ada's not fucked anybody. Right. And Ada does seem weirdly asexual. Yeah. Like yeah. since Freddie Thorne died. I yeah. mean, you know, she saw how great that worked out. <laughs> right. You know, Ada knows this. Yeah. And just lets Polly go on. It's, it's been two years for Polly. Mm-hmm. She doesn't say anything about what happened to her boyfriend. No. But she's made a New Year's resolution to change the situation. And Ada wants to know if <laughs> she's got anyone in particular in mind. She says, just me and someone unsuitable. <laughs> and I was like, damn it, you've got my number, woman. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What could possibly go wrong with this plan? What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> They've got Isaiah and two Lee boys for security, and Paul's just eye fucking the security dudes. So I'm like, you don't have to practice now. But as they get in the car, unidentified boogie rock plays. Uh, they're having a board meeting in Michael's room, and or that's where they're heading. So Polly is going to be in charge of payroll again. Ada tells Polly to behave herself. And she says that, yeah, ever since Polly's recent troubles, Ada has been asked to keep an eye like, on you're her. you're going to have to be more specific. <laughs> yeah. Like, which ones? All of them? Yeah. And Polly's like, I've, you know, lost men. I've almost lost my son. I've almost been hanged. Like, I'm not going to behave myself. And I'm like, ugh. I feel Lizzie's there, too. Yeah. And I think this does start to change. Mm-hmm. But, like, I... F- I feel like from a narrative perspective, so often Lizzie's just there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She's like, oh, I'm here too. <laughs> but I just feel so bad for her as a yeah. character. I'm like, I guess this is better than hooking. Yeah. But goddamn. Yeah. You have to put up with so much crap from these people. <laughs> yep. Everyone comes into Michael's room for the meeting and, oh, Killian looks so fine. I could die. <laughs> God. Th- I mean, those, like, just when you thought he couldn't get any hotter, those yeah. specs. It's... <laughs> It's troubling for yeah. me. And he asks where Arthur is, and Polly says, I'm not his fucking mother. Yeah. When she says, do I look like his fucking oh, right. mother? And I was like, well, maybe. Were you yeah. sisters? I was like, do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, but I don't I think, think they no, were. No, no. I think she was their dad's sister I, yeah, because yeah. she's related on the gypsy side. Right. And... At the same time, yes, Paul, you're kind of all Arthur's mother. Yeah. Since he's not, he's not been okay <laughs> for four seasons now. Yeah. At no point has, have I ever been like, you know what? Arthur's going to be all right. I've <laughs> yeah. never felt like that. Yeah. He tried to kill himself all those times. Yeah. At the office, uh, we find Arthur. Right. Where Linda has showed up mm-hmm. to see him and he's on his way to the meeting. But she puts down all the blinds and has shown up in a coat and a negligee. This is very unlinda. It is indeed. It's extremely unlinda. Yeah. But her negligee is silk from Japan. And you know what? This is a sexy scene. Yeah. This is a show where you rarely get a sex scene that's actually sexy. Yeah. Yeah. They're very utilitarian. Yeah. And, you know, it's and, and we rarely get to see Arthur. Right. Right. In this, and I mean, and I mean, he Arthur's it up pretty quickly. Like, when yeah, you finally, yeah. like, see them in a clinch, you're like, whoa. Yeah. But, I mean, at the yeah, same time, I'm like, well, but, you know, I mean, Linda must love to fuck. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a no other way <laughs> that Arthur would be with her. Yeah. When Arthur, I just thought Arthur looked cute in this scene. He did look, I thought he looked really good, like, this whole episode. Like, yeah. he looked, he looked attractive, mm-hmm. relatively healthy physically. Yeah. Like, he looks like things have gotten somewhat better for him. Yeah, and I mean, just as, well, sort of, we were talking about when we were doing The Crown about sort of wrinkles on mm-hmm. people, and he, you know, he he's showing his age and, the, you know, the rough years he's been Jesus through. Jesus Christ. But, yeah. 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 No, and, and so I was like, yeah, this was great. I mean, bad job missing the meeting, but, well, right. but also, like, men, quit being so predictable yeah like come on sometimes you have to get to a meeting (laughs) she'll still be hot later (laughs) anyway killian starts the board meeting uh is this the whole board (laughs) because it seems to me (laughs) like there ought to be some unbiased person on their board i know it's a criminal enterprise (laughs) masquerading as a legitimate business however you'd think they'd at least make an effort yeah you know get get moss on there or something (laughs) yeah but no, so they just, uh, they, they go through the, like, ceremony of bringing Polly back in and, you know, signing paperwork and whatnot. And uh, then he says, well, that's it for the meeting because 
we need Arthur here in order to talk about real business. Well, Arthur, unfortunately, is fucking Linda real good. Yeah. And again, I'm impressed with Linda. Yeah. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have pegged her for so limber. No. <laughs> and uh, Devlin, who's the foreman. Right. I It took me a really long time to understand that those two people were the same person. Yes, no, I understand, yeah. So he says that some people have broken into the paint shop and are planning to set fire to the paint shop. <laughs> Arthur is mid-thrust and tells him to handle it. Yeah. Well, because Linda why... has come, and when she came in, she's like, but you're the boss. Yeah. And I'm like, this is hot. That was hot. It was super yeah. hot. Well, and this is like, look... If you're going to have sex at the office during business hours, you need to make it quick. You need like, to make it quick and you need to tell somebody. Yeah. You know? You got to be like, hey, uh, I really won't be able to do anything. <laughs> and so he, Devlin runs back to try to do something. Mm-hmm. And then Arthur Arthur has agreed with us that this is very out of character for Linda. And <laughs> Linda says that it's her job to place herself between him and the devil and the temptations in this sinful place. And I'm like, the factory? (laughs) Or Birmingham? Yeah. Uh, Anyway, but she says that her sinful Catholic mother (laughs) told her that the key to keeping a man happy is keep his balls empty and his belly full. I'm like, you know, it's good advice. Yeah, you could do worse. Yeah. So back at the hospital, Lizzie is smoking. She looks great. Yeah. Oh my God, Lizzie looks so amazing. Yeah. That haircut works for her so well. It really does. And she's just got, she's got this profile that is very unusual in media and it's very attractive. Yeah. But it's just like... She's kind of just angular, I guess. She's very Gibson girl. Yeah, uh, yeah. She's she's like the epitome of the 1920s. And the nurse is like, sorry, ladies, it's not allowed in here. And then one of the men is like, yeah, we know. And just It's before. actually Polly who okay. says that. Oh, okay. Well, That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, well. Did yeah. you know she got her hair cut? Uh, yes. Like since the last episode? I thought. Did I, that happen off screen? I thought it happened like during. I don't know. I mean, yes, I know. I don't the remember haircut. her, but yeah. I love that haircut yeah. for her. It's great. I'm like, good. I hope you got all the spirits out of there. <laughs> uh, so they have, through sources, found photographs from a wedding of the Changretas. And so they're going to give the photo around to uh, in street corners and whatnot, and also give a copy to Abalama Ding Dong, because they need to... Tradition is holding them back, meaning that it you know, doesn't do them any good to, like, require Arthur to be the one that mm-hmm. fires the bullet that kills Luca. If they can get this ding-dong to do it for them, mm-hmm. so much the better for everyone. Also very important in this scene, Michael calls Polly Paul and not Mom. Yeah. And I gasped here again. <laughs> yeah. All of my gasps were Michael-related, which was so weird. Yeah. Because, like, I like Michael fine. Yeah. But he doesn't... He always feels like a bit of a cipher to me. Yeah. Just yeah. Just because Agreed. of the way they brought him in. But. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Polly's not thrilled by that and complains about, oh, how could she visit him? And Killian's like, she had every right to visit him. And she keeps going on about it. And he is just... I like I've been you know because I imagine I will be discussing this show with my friend who has just started yeah, and yeah. now I'm like I want to go back and like watch the old episodes yeah. but like I dislike most of the women on this show mm. and it's like I don't know like I just feel like they're awful <laughs> in a way that doesn't even make me upset no I mean because I see like what Polly you're Polly is like this close to being dope yeah I wish they did more with Ada yeah, Lizzie yeah, I do too. also this close to being dope. Yeah, if they would give her a little bit more to do. Yeah, but Polly just constantly makes these emotionally motivated decisions. Yeah, that backfire on everybody. Yeah, and say what you will about Killian, emotions are not a problem that he has. Right, and mm-hmm. what I do think is a credit to Steve Knight, whether he means it or not. Yeah, yeah. is that it is not even because Polly's a woman. Yeah, Polly is just irrational as fuck yeah and killian is extremely rational yeah because yeah. i mean ada's not like this right Lizzie's not like that like yeah they all have their issues but they're yeah. not yeah they're Lin- not saying yeah, linda's not yeah. like this yeah it's it's just paul and it's like and it just you get so frustrated with her like as she's leaving that meeting i'm like what are you even contributing to the family at this point yeah that makes it worthwhile for you to just be bitching about everything it's really frustrating. And I mean, I just don't feel like she's got a leg to stand on yeah. anymore. And, you know, she could go on and on in the early seasons about how they held it together during the war and stuff. But it's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have become a liability yeah. in the years after the war. Yeah. Again, through no fault of your gender, yeah. you're just crazy. Yeah. Moderate boogie rock kicks in as Arthur goes to confront the paint shop guys. And 
<laughs> As he was doing this, my thought was that Arthur is like if there was an evil Donkey Kong, <laughs> you know, like Wonky Kong. <laughs> Kong. Right. Well, Donkey Kong was originally evil. Was he? Well, yeah, because originally it was like he had captured the princess and oh. Mario, like in the very old arcade game. Thank God you are around to tell me these things because <laughs> yeah. I don't know nothing about no video games. Yeah, but uh, shortly after he became just a lovable member of the gang. Okay, great. Like me that time. <laughs> So these dudes throw paint on Arthur so he's covered in red paint. Yeah. This is like a motif that we got in the earlier scene where Killian killed that guy oh, yeah. in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And he beats the shit out of those dudes and he picks up a hammer and he's in like pre-berserker mode. Mm-hmm. Like you can see it come on him. Yeah. And the dude's are like, no, please, Mr. Shelby. Yeah. Don't kill me. I just did it for the money. And they run out, but then the shadows of two Italian guys yeah, come also, down. Also, by the way, if your plan was really to set the paint shop on fire, you took way too long about oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's very easy to set things on fire. Yeah, get in, light the fire, get out. It's like they didn't learn anything in future arsonists of America. <laughs> well, I guess they're in England. Right. I'm, Arthur- beginning, I'm beginning to wonder if we should even have that youth society. <laughs> Arthur manages to kill both these guys, but I feel like I only saw him kill one. Well, yeah, what it was is he, I feel like I saw this. I'm trying to remember how it worked. Well, he he drowned one of them in a vat of paint, which right. was cool. Yeah, it that was. That was awesome. Yeah. I was very pleased yes. about that as a death. Yeah. And then he drags well, him like, over yeah, he to... He jumped the one guy from behind, and then he was just like kind of Oh, unconscious. okay, okay. Then he grabbed the, that guy's gun... Shot the other guy right in the head. The 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 framing of that shot was very okay. like it was like. Well, I was also typing, so it's right. Like- yeah, no, and that's that's why I was trying to help you out here. And then so then he goes back to the semi-conscious guy and drowns him in the paint. Which my only thing about that is, I don't think you should store paint in open vats like that. I like- don't think that they had. Okay. I think that the paint was there because the arson guys were pouring it in there. Fair enough. I don't know. Yeah. I don't care. Arthur killed two dudes and he drags them over to the furnace. And yep. I'm like, are you going to burn them right there? Because that's going to smell bad. But I guess Birmingham already smells terrible. <laughs> yeah. So how much worse could it get? <laughs> yeah. Cut to the Ink Barrow Hotel in Stratford-upon-Avon. Unexpected. That is I was right. like, who's here? <laughs> bad news. It is Adrian Brody. Boo. Yeah. Anyway. I know. Look, I don't even want to talk about scenes that he's in. Yeah. And it's not even just because he assaulted Halle Berry at the Oscars that no, time. No, it's not. It's because I hate his performance. It's really bad. This character could be really interesting. Yeah. But he manages to make his performance so, like, self-aggrandizing. Yeah. And so, I'm like, do you understand that you're on a six-episode series for the BB fucking C. Yeah. You have lost. Yeah. Like in a and way that none of the other, like this mm-hmm. is still great for all the other cast members yeah. because they and are European. Yeah. Well, and Tom Hardy is just doing it because he's friends with Steve yes. Wright, you know? This was like, Adrian Brody had to audition for this role. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When he just hams it up and it's like, everybody's giving stylized performances, but even Aiden Gillen, I don't really have a problem. Oh, no, with. I think he's doing a great yeah, job. I'm surprised. I was expected to hate him. Yeah. I well, I think I, you know, maybe he got a moment of self-awareness when he saw Adrian Brody and he was like, am I like that? <laughs> and Killian Murphy was like, yeah, mate. Yeah. Well, I think somebody <laughs> taught him that he's allowed to open his mouth when he speaks. So yeah. He doesn't have to, you know. Like, Adrian Brody, I'm not worried about you because I hate you, but do you have lockjaw? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's just. I want to get that checked. Yeah. He's, he's worse than Grace. He is worse than Grace because Grace didn't have an Oscar. Right. <laughs> I mean, we hated Grace as a character. Yeah, that's, that's like, right. I yeah. didn't super hate annabelle wallace's performance yeah she just had a shitty character that made no sense exactly but that's okay yeah because we had so much fun making fun of her yes changretta's not even fun to make fun of fun no and by the time you get to the end of this episode you're like what could have been if they had gone with somebody who had less baggage yeah and who wanted to show up and be a team player Mm -hmm. because that's the thing is like loathe though i am to give improv credit for anything yeah you know the the central tenet of doing improv is make your partner look good and i mean that's just good acting right is not to draw attention like look okay like look at killian murph look at paul anderson yeah yeah these are guys who are 
doing some of the best work of their careers, mm-hmm. but they're not winking at you yeah. and going, look at me, yeah. look at me, mm-hmm. validate me, yeah. validate me. Yeah. Fuck you, Adrian Brody. You are the main reason that I hate this episode and possibly this season yeah. of Peaky Blinders. We'll, you know. We'll get into that. There's more yeah. things to say about the season as a whole. Yeah, but like, yeah. anyway, yeah. we hate Adrian Brood. They complain about English food and talk about spotted dick and like... Why is this happening to me? Yeah. Who wrote these jokes? <laughs> Did Adrian Brody write these jokes? Because it's so bad. Yeah. It's like Steve Knight didn't even write it. Yeah. Tangretta's like, oh, one of those dudes that died like had four kids. Dude, it's a vendetta that yeah. you started. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. Are you not in the mafia? Right. The whole business of the mafia is people fucking dying. Right. This isn't an elementary school. Do you think that generals in World War I sat around boo-hooing because one random guy had a family? Yeah. But you could call this off at any time and nobody else would have to die for Mm -hmm. this reason. Yep. And again, I should feel like he has a valid grudge against the Shelbys. Mm -hmm. And I do not feel like his grudge is valid at all. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because I remembered so little about the murders. that aspect of it. I I made it happen. But but I just don't feel like he cares. Yeah. All he wants to do is seem cool. Yeah. Yeah. Murder isn't cool, dude. (laughs) Blood grudges aren't fun. Yeah. Anyway, the plot point is... They found the mom of that guy Arthur killed in the boxing ring that time. And oh, is that like season two? Yeah, one or two. I feel two. like season like, two. I re- I re- that I do remember. Mm-hmm. That was that was something. Uh, again, that was a character that we cared about. Yeah. Not just random mob bosses getting shuttled around for no reason. Yeah. So they think that she can lure one of the brothers to her house and then they can kill him. So great. Arthur goes back into his office. I realize it's finally the old bedding parlor. So yeah. it's like killing his old office. And this is what I do like, and this is what I think they're trying to do here is mm-hmm. contrast, you know, present Shelby's with past Shelby's. Mm-hmm. And like, look how far up they've come. Because I was like shocked yeah. by the old bedding parlor yeah. when I used to think it was super fucking nice. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Killian's office in particular. Yeah. I mean, it's probably disused and, you know, they've, yeah, they've yeah, messed it up still, a bit. But I'm just like... yeah. I don't understand why you needed all of this other nonsense. The vendetta plus the nostalgia bit is just not working for me. Yeah. So anyway, Killian balls him out for missing the family meeting because they all thought he was dead. But right. then Arthur is like, uh, well, I was busy killing two Sicilians. So yeah. And then Arthur wants to know why Killian doesn't trust him anymore because he's found out that they are uh-huh. going to contract killing Changretta out to Abalama Ding Dong. Yeah. And look, Arthur is taking on way too much responsibility for this vendetta because he and no one else in this family can cope with the fact that everything is Killian's fault. Yeah. Well, because basically... Absolutely everything is his fault. Yeah, if you he's remove saying him from that, the equation, they're living happy lives. Yeah. Like, uh... Well, because he's saying... Because he's the one that pulled the trigger on the Changretta and that now John's dead because of him, And Arthur. Killian's like, you did that because it was a mercy killing. Yeah. Because I was busy torturing the shit out of this guy. <laughs> yeah. Do you even remember why they were torturing him? I do not. Did, was, did it have to do with this kidnapped son or was it the season oh, before I th- that? No, I think it had to be last season. Yeah. Hmm. Well, anyway, whatever. <laughs> I... I <sighs> I, I feel like I ought to remember that. But I'll, I'll go back. Not. I'll figure it out. Yeah. So anyway, Arthur basically tells Killian that he was sold out by the foreman. Yeah. Who somebody with the keys left the door unlocked. Yeah. That the so that's our implication. Yeah. So if this was an episode of Murder, She Wrote, <laughs> how would you feel about the foreman's guilt or lack of guilt? Uh, I would feel skeptical. It's also not the main like thrust of the episode, so it's hard well, to make right. that kind of comparison. That's well, I, I, if this was an episode of Murder She Wrote, we would have also seen some other people doing something suspicious in scenes that Jessica wasn't in. Mm, okay, yeah, got it. So. Linda is at home with little Billy. I hate the name Billy and I really need for Billy to get a haircut and a different name. (laughs) Well, uh, there's nothing we can do about that. I know. Yeah. Arthur is drunk, asks Linda how Polly's doing because he's figured out that her little office sex plan was actually Polly's idea to keep him from the meeting where this decision would be made. And... This was interesting to me because when Linda said all that stuff to him afterward, I'm like, this doesn't sound like you. Yeah. And turns out it was good reason. Yeah. And Linda's like, 
okay, let me put the baby in its crib, drunken guy. And he unloads his gun and says that now he's a working man that's lost his job. Is that what he wants? And then he he takes the Luca bullet and puts it into his gun. Linda tries to convince him to fire it into the fireplace and let Abalama Ding Dong kill Changretta. Arthur does not take well to the suggestion and starts kind of choking her and telling her to go tell Polly that there are rules between a man and a woman and that John wants him to be the one to kill Changretta. And you know, it's interesting because I feel like this show is shockingly thematically similar to The Crown. No. In, in this episode in particular which is all about how the world is changing and the old ways are going away and everything is being essentially subcontracted. Yeah. And, you know, just the value of being a man who can kill another man is not what it once was for the Peaky Blinders. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And I also, by the way, uh, Prohibition is still going on in America. And it's worth remembering that things, uh, you know, little household scenes like this are why Prohibition happened. Yeah. Because when we're like... All right, so we're not allowed to get divorced. Could we stop our husband from coming home drunk every night and waving a gun around our baby? Yeah. Like, is that... that's It's not funny, but that was funny. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Well, yeah, and people keep saying throughout these episodes that times are hard, and, like, I forgot that it was, like, the Depression. Mm. Well, I I don't think it was... We're not in... Are we in 1929? I don't know. We used to know. We used to know. We knew once upon a dream. (laughs) At any rate, like, you know, things are things are rough all over. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, I don't know, again, though, it's like a testament to Paul Anderson's performance that my reaction to this with Linda is not dump him. Yeah. Because he's mentally ill and everybody knows that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he should treat her like this. Right, but I mean, right. she walked into this relationship with eyes wide open. Yeah. I mean, she wants to fix him more than Ray wants to fix Kylo Ren. So... <laughs> Killian walks into his office in the dark and a guy is in there and it's Devlin. Yeah. And Killian doesn't do any sort of pleasantries and just asks if it was fear or hatred. And Isaiah's there and he is also looking fine as hell these days. So thank you, Steve Knight. (laughs) The foreman denies vehemently that he left the door unlocked for anyone. And Killian offers him a drink and he quotes his family's address in Glasgow because he's got a one-way ticket in his pocket to Glasgow and his family left three days before. Mm. Killian says that they have connections to Catholic gangs there. You know what? I might still be a Catholic if we had more gangs in this country. (laughs) Killian wants to know why he's catching a midnight train to glasgow and i had yes. to pause the episode i felt to the laugh i was like come on <laughs> that was probably also adrian brody's idea he says that he's not running because he sold them out to the chain gretas but because of the union and he's being spat on people are breaking his windows threatening mm-hmm. his family and also because arthur killed those guys <laughs> right outside his door yeah and Killian's waving that photo around and being like, show me these guys. And he's like, okay, look, I don't know anything about all this, mm-hmm. but I heard that some Italians went to a communist meeting and they could have gotten a party member who worked, you know, who, to infiltrate right. the scabs, to get the keys, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And so this is exceptionally bad for the Shelbys because if the communists and the Italians are working together, uh, yeah, yeah. This is not looking good for the family. So yeah. apparently when the when the guys broke in with the paint, right. he left his office door ajar. Right. And like somebody could have taken the keys to unlock the door that was supposed to be locked and bolted. Right. Killian says the Devlin can't go to Glasgow. He needs him to stay and run the factory. But the Catholic gangs in Glasgow will now take care of his family. Yeah. And Devlin, understandably, not pleased and Killian's just like yep you're one of us now fuck off yeah Devlin says to him like you know you have a lot of enemies and I'm like you know that's a good point your whole plan was that you were completely safe in this neighborhood and I get why you let the strike happen originally you needed Mm -hmm. a disturbance but maybe now you don't want to anger every working person in the city yeah they provide essential cover for you yeah this is where i need to let you know that i couldn't remember the name of a union organizer apart from the actress's name being charlie murphy so i've now christened her miss what's her name yeah i actually had the same problem in the episode i recapped but then i eventually then somebody like then it showed up no in because nobody ever calls her by her name right it's right. a day no, no. jesse eden jesse eden yeah okay yeah great we can go with what's her name i like what's her name you like hazel what's her name <laughs> from 30 rock yes i do Sort of. 
what are you going to do? Move to the Bay Area and pretend like that was your plan the whole time? Have fun always carrying a light sweater. <laughs> and we do, Jenna Maroney. Yeah. Ugh. I just remembered what the scene is. Yeah. Continue, please, Amy. So she is drinking alone and singing along to Blackbird, which actually, it says that first on the subtitles. Yeah. And I was like, are they going to put the Beatles song on now? Because, like, they do that sort of thing. But not but, in, but not yeah. In, yeah, yeah. Not so, in, uh, yeah, what do no. they call that? Right. You know, I know uh, the, I, diegetic. Yes. Diegetic? Yeah. Diegetic. One of the two. Ghost. Yeah. So anyway, it's just some old crappy song called Blackbird. <laughs> Uh, I feel like she's having too much fun. <laughs> uh, Killian knocks on her door and she asks if it's union business and that if it is, he should conduct it at the proper place and time. Uh, but he says he has an improved offer for her. He would like a drink. She only has beer. It's like, here, have a, a bottle of M&L bitter. And I'm like, that is such an England thing. They're like, how should we describe this beer? Well, what's the least pleasant part of its flavor profile? <laughs> bitter. Yes, we'll call it bitter. Look, they have terrible weather. They don't have like <laughs> the same scale of pleasure as the rest of us. <laughs> That's true. He asks if Wassername has ever seen any of the Italians in the the famous photo and says that he has been like deputized by the committee to stop people from striking or whatever. And he's a special constable. She asks for his badge, which he, he does have. He's a sergeant? <laughs> well, because she calls him constable. Yes. Yeah. But he's a sergeant, though. <laughs> yes. Also, by the way, what is she wearing in this? Did you see this? I don't know. She's a because, very pretty girl, but like, oh my God. Like, the pattern was supposed to be like wreaths, I guess. Okay. But there's two little white flowers on top of all of them and a little red one. So it look it looks like, her sw- like she's wearing a sweater covered with little Muppet faces. <laughs> like, it was, yeah, it was kind of off-putting. <laughs> Again, I was typing, so... Yeah, yeah. No, I was well into the scene before I was, like, startled by it. Anyway, she's been researching Killian. Uh, Her friend Kitty Jirasi's sister used to be dating Killian before the war, but then Greta Jirasi died of consumption at 19, and Killian, like, never left her bedside. (laughs) Uh, No one cares. And and also, supposedly, I joined the Communist Party before the war. Double boo! Oh, my God! No! Right. No! (laughs) Incorrect! Yeah. Steve Knight. Mm Mm-hmm. You can't blame Adrian Brody for this one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm even pro-communist, but you know what I'm not interested in at all? Yeah. Is Killian Murphy in this show being a communist? (laughs) Right. Unless it's for non-communist reasons. Or just whatever he was up to before the war. I don't give a shit about before this show started. Yeah. I don't care about John's dead wife. Yeah. I don't care about their mom. I don't care about any of it. Like, I just, this show is about beating people up (laughs) and having problematic sex. Well, there's a line, I think it's in this scene, where he says says something about somebody not coming back from the war, and he says, nobody came back. Exactly. That's the point. So quit trying to make it like they did, because guess what? Yeah. That's not how (laughs) post-traumatic, fuck, post-traumatic, that's not how post-traumatic stress works. I'm sorry. I'm so angry about this scene. Yeah. And I mean, you know, what's her name should know because he's done his own research and her sweetheart came home from the war with shell shock. He was in Passchendaele and blew his brains out. Okay, great. Guess what? I'm even on board. I'm on board with this scene. If you cut out the part where he joined the communist party, because if that's true, then why the fuck haven't the feds fingered him? Yeah. It doesn't make know. sense to me. Like, I can totally see that happening and him becoming dissolute. But, like, why is this the first we're hearing about it? Yeah. Why did Freddie Thorne never needle him about that? Yeah. Why did Ada never say anything? I just, I hate it when people do this kind of shit in the name of, like, enriching the story, but it just comes off as needless retconning. Yeah. So anyway, cut the communist bullshit. (laughs) Keep the part where he had this sweetheart and he was a nice person. Keep the thing about how her sweetheart killed himself. But 86, all the stuff that happens later where he gets all nostalgic for this shit. Because guess who doesn't have the luxury of feelings right now? Mm -hmm. Tommy motherfucking Shelby. Right. Anyway, she says she doesn't know any of the Chancretas and Killian's pushing her. He's like, you didn't even look at the photo. She gives him a photo of him and Greta at Blackpool back in the day. 
burn that photo, Tommy. Don't keep it. Yeah. But he doesn't. He puts it in his stupid pocket. He does. His stupid pocket of convenient retconning. <laughs> and he leaves the wedding photo with, what's her name? And she is somewhat unsettled. She also burns it, doesn't she? Maybe. Maybe that happens later. I don't know. She definitely burns it. Oh, yeah. It. She she does in a couple scenes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because this is sort of like a, it's sort of like a montage yeah, yeah. situation. Because Killian's looking out his window at the security team, looking at his stupid retcon photo. <laughs> Arthur is crying in the living room and Linda comes out and tries to get him to listen to her and also Jesus. She sounds like herself again. Yeah. And then Miss Wassername burns the photos of the Italian. And then the next day we see Arthur just kind of clutching his gun out in the backyard mm. of, you know, these very close quarters in Birmingham. <laughs> yeah. He fires his Luca bullet and Killian and Flynn come out of their houses and flip out Mm -hmm. and they come over and and arthur's in the backyard like this scene completely again this is paul anderson Mm -hmm. he's never going to get an emmy for this show because the show does not court that kind of thing Mm -hmm. maybe a bafta i don't know i don't know but he is just so emotionally and physically wrecked Mm -hmm. by what he's just had to do and and he's saying it's the modern way tom yeah and i'm not sure arthur's gonna survive the modern way yeah like he's just gotta be so tired yeah and he just can't escape this life yeah and it's just it's it's awful to watch, but also it's beautifully acted. So, like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Linda looks way too smart. Well, I even agree with Linda, and I, I know. even like Linda more now, but I'm just like, fuck you, Linda. Yeah, well, because I think she says something about, like, you know, Jesus convinced him or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, also you, Linda. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. That negligee didn't just wear itself. <laughs> and then we see Killian sitting on his bed and sighing to fill out some episode time. And then back at the old bedding parlor... See, I think I think Polly just got her hair cut here. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. I think it was short before. Maybe. But she looks amazing, especially, I think, it might not be this episode. At some point, the- she's wearing her, like, gun holster, mm. and she looks fly as hell. Yeah. It's amazing. So Lizzie's there doing inventory, but Polly tells her that it's her job to do that now. Office politics. Alinda walks in smugly as so often and she says that she's going to work there she's going to be taking bets by phone <laughs> and i love this because polly's like linda you know gambling's a sin and linda's like i'm not the one doing the gambling <laughs> and i'm like you're a real fucking peaky blinder now linda <laughs> yeah <laughs> who's watching the baby i don't know. i hope not arthur <laughs> yeah me too i oh also my God, hope this. it's a real it's a real like lenny and the rabbit situation <laughs> over there finn comes in and says that it turns out he's in charge and the women are all like whatever <laughs> um polly gives linda a phone to start her job lizzie tells killian this is at killian's office mm-hmm. she tells him it was a mistake to send finn to the shop <laughs> because linda and polly found out he was a virgin and they're arranging <laughs> To rectify that. And yes. Killing is like, Linda said that? <laughs> and apparently Linda was super into this plan. So, yeah. okay. Oh, there's, you know, that's the thing about Linda. There's always been a part of her that's like, kind of Well, she's got it. that sinful Catholic mother. Yeah. So they have an exchange about how they should pay extra to get a nice girl yeah. for Finn. Mm-hmm. And Lizzie says, nice girls don't do that. And Killian says, you know, you're a nice girl. You used to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm that meme of Fry with his eyes all narrow. <laughs> so Killian, I hate this so much. Killian takes Lizzie to this like foggy canal spot. Yeah. England is terrible. Lizzie knows this. She's like, why are we here? He's reminiscing about his dumb fake pre-war girlfriend and Killian, not kill Tommy Shelby's the worst in this episode. Right, right. I don't believe any of this. Yeah. Then he fucks Lizzie. And like when he goes to kiss her, she's like, are you kissing her or are you kissing me? And he says, I'm kissing you. Mm-hmm. One, I don't believe you. Yeah. Two, if he breaks her heart again, I swear to God. Yeah. And it's like, I, I don't know. I, I just, Lizzie, he's yeah. just not that into you. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Oh yeah. my God. Anyway. Yeah. He fucks her. I was crying during this. It's yeah. just like, just don't. Don't keep stringing her along like this. She deserves so much better than this. She certainly does. But here we are. She is a good person. Yeah. Anyway, right afterward, immediately afterward, he starts talking business. Mm -hmm. And he wants to build two more homes for destitute children. And he wants Lizzie in charge because reasons. Yeah. I mean, it's great that he's giving her more responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she then tells him that they all hate being in Beeham. And he's like, <laughs> I know. 
Yeah. Uh, so back at, I don't know, the office or wherever, Killian calls Finn over and uh, asks about how his day went and asks how the girl was. And Finn says that he doesn't ever want to do it like that again, not where they don't want it, and it's just for the money. Uh, Killian says that everything's for the money. But he says, you know, he just he was told her he was sorry at the end because she just looked tired. Finn's such a good boy. I know. They all keep trying to ruin him, but he's such a good boy. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy, <laughs> Finn? You're a good boy. Yeah, and then Killian's like, well, you got to be a man. Like, yeah, the people who work this factory are tired at the end of the day because they're working. You see me apologizing to them, and Finn's like, all right. He's like, maybe you should. Maybe they wouldn't go on strike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I just wrote an angry. I just drew an angry emoji on my page on this. Yeah. I did not like this at all. Me neither. I did not like it at all. I mean, again, though, I think it's consistent with the way that this show is depicting toxic masculinity. I mean, sure. Because you know, what, I mean, what would what would we rather see happen here? Mm-hmm. Would we rather see Lord Grantham suddenly being a member <laughs> of P Flag? <laughs> right. Killian <laughs> is set in his ways. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, yeah. He yeah. and he, you know. Yeah. I don't know that any of them wanted to spare Finn from this life, Mm -hmm. but I don't think they wanted him to have to go full blinder this early. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a sense of what age he is, but I mean, he's just always been different from the rest of them. Right. Because he was so much younger. And and didn't go to war. He didn't go to war. Mm -hmm. And they had enough money by the time, Mm -hmm. you know, we met him. Yeah. That he didn't have to struggle in the way that Mm -hmm. they all had to struggle for so much. So then we get a scene that should be amazing. This should have been just the creme brulee of Peaky Blinders. So Polly enters a hotel in a fancy coat and dress. And I'm thinking she's on the prowl because we've heard her say, you know, she's putting her pussy back on the market. That's right. So she goes up to the bar and orders a champagne. And the bartender tells her that women alone are not allowed at the bar. And is she meeting somebody? And she says, what do you think? (laughs) And I'm like, are you going to fuck the bartender? Like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And then this surprise, the fact that this surprised me at all is a testament to how good this could have been with a real actor. Yeah. Because when Luca Cengreta came in and, yeah. Came, I thought he was going to kill her, mm, but it's, but but yeah. he's meeting her there for a parlay. Yeah, and I again, it was far too late for me to be vocally reacting to this episode, <laughs> and I was just like, oh damn! <laughs> yeah. However, now what I did say is, if Polly fucked Changreta, and this was like purely just she wanted to fuck him. <laughs> I would have been so down with that. I don't see how it would have been possible yeah, narratively, but really I was just like, sense, but yeah. throw me a curveball. I'll take it. <laughs> anyway, she's cutting a fucking deal with him. Yeah. She's giving up Tommy in exchange for Michael. Yeah. And again, I'm so annoyed with Polly for doing this, yet at the same time, it's the only sensible fu- Yeah. Tommy is the reason they all keep dying and almost dying. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of them would be perfectly content to live their shitty fucking lives <laughs> yeah. in shitty, not Birmingham. They're all, you know, yeah. they're too bougie for Birmingham at this point. <laughs> too bougie for Beeham. <laughs> too bougie, too furious. <laughs> so she says that if she gives him Tommy, he'll spare Michael, Finn, and Arthur. Mm-hmm. And she talks about how John was a good boy. And she was like, I don't know how he could be a good boy because he was a terrible person, but at the same time. <laughs> well, you know, mothers. So then he starts monologuing about how their mothers knew each other. And this is when she says John was a good boy because Arthur and John refused to kill Mrs. Changretta. Yeah. Which was a decision that we were on board with at the time. And Changretta says they should have killed Ma Changretta when they had the chance. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, good point. Because he's like, oh, his ruthlessness was justified. Yeah, because Ma Changretta has been helping them out with the vendetta. Yeah. The Changretta vendetta. I've had that stuck in my head. Every day. Every day since you said it. You son of a bitch. (laughs) Anyway, he talks about his mother saying that his mother has memories of her and would say, oh, Polly Gray, that child never could let go of a grudge. And it's like, yeah, the doy. Thank you for this information we already got. You know, he wants to, basically, he tries to like make a move on her and wants to dance. And Mm -hmm. Polly's like, I don't dance anymore. And then he says... Oh, you're dancing with me. And I'm like, is she? I don't know what you mean, sir. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get it, but yeah. we didn't need you to say that. Yeah. You did not need to make the subtext supra. Right. So uh, just a couple more things on this scene. One is, how did the rest of the blinders lose track of Polly? 
like they should be keeping Polly in pocket. They know she's a uh, a loose. Yeah, plan. where's Ada? Yeah, yeah. It's literally her job yeah. to make sure that she's fine. Yeah. The other thing is in the in the other scene with yeah, and didn't she have to take fucking security with her to the hotel? Uh, you, None of them are moving around without security. I know. How did she even get in touch with Changreta? All excellent question. And the other thing is that in the first scene with Chankretta, he talked about like sort of like posing as a theater lover or something because he oh was my in god, Stratford. that was so funny. Yeah, and then in this scene, he says that Polly seems like an unlikely Cassius, and I was like, oh, you happen to go into the theater? Yeah. <laughs> <Look at you. laughs> okay, so I can fix this whole season. Okay, here's how I'm gonna do it. All right. All you had to do was one, not cast Adrian Brody, right. I'm sorry, was fucking uh, Tobias Menzies busy? He would have crushed this. He would have 100% crushed this. Yes. He has a real scar on his face. Yeah. Why didn't Ma Changretta just come back? Yeah. Where is Ma Changretta? Like, yeah. she's feeding you information, fine. And I can understand from a narrative perspective, like, she doesn't want to die. She's not coming back. Yeah, yeah. But if she's this upset, and yeah. like, if the whole point of Polly, I think there's, there is... A point to Polly being a woman and saying like, and she says something in the next episode about like women do things differently. Mm -hmm. Why can't we see Ma Changretta do this? Yeah, that's a great point. Somehow Luca Changretta is a poor man's Sabini and supposedly (laughs) Sabini is supposed to be a poor man's Changretta. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I am... I am confused. <laughs> Why don't you explain it to me? <laughs> I, I, there is, there is such a, because then we get more showing and not telling yeah. about these dynamics mm-hmm. where these rival gangs were all growing up in the same place. Yeah. And you get her saying that about Polly Gray. Yeah. And maybe she's the one who brings in the information about the girl that Tommy Shelby used to be in love with. Yeah. And it's not, grafted onto a scene with somebody although we're three episodes in and he has not fucked that union organizer no that's true i will be flabbergasted (laughs) if that doesn't happen yeah we will we will find out i mean liz is the only person besides that whore we've seen him fuck yeah very low fucking ratio that's true i mean you know they got a lot going on very busy usually like they're at like defcon two murder wise (laughs) or one uh four four yeah yeah Yeah. you know i learned that in an episode of animaniacs and if i don't envision that i can't remember it (laughs) i learned it from a tom clancy book (laughs) and that's the difference between you and me yep all right well i did enjoy recapping that episode yeah i just am so frustrated with some of these narrative choices but yeah but you know let's focus on the good and get through this absolutely (laughs) and we will by order of the Peaky Blinders! <laughs> Chingreta Vendetta. <laughs>